Uni Taster Days proudly presents the Uni Guide. For students, parents, and teachers, this is the University Guidance Podcast you need to support you on all things university. A warm welcome back to the Uni Guide. This is episode 11. Here's some audio clues that detail what we're going to be discussing in this episode see them as a really good option as an alternative to university. More universities are now offering them. Employers advertise them throughout the year. There's no application cycle like there is with university. You'll need to balance working and studying at the same time, which for some students might be a little bit tricky. You spend 80% of your time working and 20% of your time studying or doing off-the-job training. Some interesting sound bites there. Well, in this episode, we are going to be focusing on degree apprenticeships. And in order to do so, I'm going to welcome back my trusty co-host, John. John, how are we today? Really well, Tim. And a big hello, Karen. Really looking forward to this podcast, looking at degree apprenticeships. Thank you, John. And let's get on to our special guest, which is Karen Hinton. So welcoming Karen to the Uni Guide. Hello, I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Great to have you with us, Karen. And my show notes show me you are Associate Director of Marketing at the University of Suffolk. Just checking that's correct. Absolutely true. Karen, I just wonder if you can share with our listeners um, your journey into higher education university, if you went, and maybe a little bit about your role. So I um, I have been at the University of Suffolk for about 12 years, um, originally from just outside Edinburgh. Um, very much a non-traditional student going into university. Parents hadn't been to uni, um, but my sisters and I were all supported through a, a widening participation project to go into our local university, which was the University of Edinburgh. And I enjoyed being at university so much that I ended up sticking around. So I worked in Edinburgh um, when I graduated after doing sociology. Um, I worked in outreach for about seven years at Edinburgh before moving down to Suffolk. And at Suffolk, my focus has always been on student recruitment. But um, in around 2015, 2016, degree apprenticeships came onto the radar and I was tasked with having a look at whether it was something we should offer at the University of Suffolk. So I ended up spending a few years getting them started at Suffolk. They don't sit with me anymore, but because I found them so fascinating and I thought there was such a lot of interesting stuff about them, I decided to do a PhD, which is partly why I've ended up being here today to talk about them. Brilliant. We'll get into some of those insights as we get on with the episode. But first, we like to have a challenge here and introduce our guests on the UD Guide. So what I've got here for a challenge is four names, famous people. They all have one thing in common. They all did an apprenticeship. And I want you and John to match the famous name to The Apprentice. Are you up for that? Definitely, Tim. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, on it. And just to confirm, neither of us have any uh, any foresight that this was going to come up so we haven't done any googling won't do any googling this will be um, interesting brilliant karen you can go first as our special guest our first name is leonardo da vinci famous artist what apprenticeship did you do you think that leonardo served um i mean it, it has to be some kind of art <laughs> surely um i i feel like it must have been something artistic but I just don't know. Yeah, Karen, I'm going to give you that one. It won't be too much of a surprise to everyone. He was a painter, a painter's apprentice. Okay, John, over to you. The next name we have is Elvis Presley. Some say the king of rock and roll. What apprenticeship did Elvis serve, John? Uh, well, I 
I feel like you're trying to stitch me up here. I'm, I'm going to go for music. I'm sorry, John, it wasn't music. I'm going to throw it over to Karen to see if you can steal a point. I feel like he was in the trades of some kind. And that might not be right, but I feel no, like he was, he was in he some was. kind of good. building, electrician y kind of thing. Brilliant knowledge, Karen. He did. He served as an electrician's mate before becoming obviously a famous singer. I, I actually, we were going to watch the film Elvis the other day, but uh, I'd pay for it, so I didn't. <laughs> Love it. So just to recap on the scores, it's 2 0 to Karen. John is a little bit shook up. I'm over to Karen again for the third question. Uh, our next famous person is also deceased. Um, he was a former US president and went by the name of Benjamin Franklin. What do we think Benjamin did? So, again, I feel like I know that he was involved in, he was kind of political philosopher, he was a writer. Um, but as for what kind of apprentice he was, let's go publishing. I, I think he was some kind of writer at times, so let's go publishing, some kind of journalism kind of apprenticeship. Sorry, Karen, that's incorrect. I'm going to throw it over to John. John, can you redeem yourself? Oh, I feel I'm a bit out of depth, my depth here because uh, Karen spoke with a lot of confidence. Uh, writer, uh, poet. No, I'm sorry, John. He wasn't a poet at all, I'm afraid. No, he was a printer, which is ironic because obviously he ended up being printed on American currency, bills, dollar bills. Who have we got next for you? Okay, right. Okay. We have famous Scottish comedian, Billy Codley. Any thoughts? Um... I read his autobiography. Know this? Um, uh, uh, acting. I'm sorry, Johnny wasn't an actor. Fellow Scott Karen, do you want to chip in? Again, I'm going back to the trades only because that's traditionally where apprenticeships have been for a long time. Obviously, working class Glasgow. It, it feels like some kind of plumber, electrician kind of apprenticeship. It was a trade, Karen, but he was actually a welder. Billy, he was a welder. So I can't give you that point, but you didn't need it anyway because it was a nice, easy victory, so you won. Never mind, John. Just a bit of fun there. A bit of a quiz. So as Karen alluded to earlier, 15, 16, these apprenticeships came out, these degree apprenticeships. So that's why we're covering them in this episode, and they're becoming more popular. John, you've got some interesting stats for me. Degree apprenticeships are certainly growing in popularity. According to the latest government apprenticeship figures for the first quarter of 2022 and 23, August to October 2022, there were 22,060 level six, which is bachelor's and level seven master's degree apprenticeships, which is a 14% increase on the previous year, where it was 19,360 for the stats among us, accounting for nearly 18% of all apprenticeship starts. UCAS has published the Complete Guide to Higher End Degree Apprenticeships 2020-2021. A lot of the data is always a little bit far behind because it's historical data. But that looked at degree apprenticeships in terms of providers and 87 universities now offer higher and degree apprenticeships. Thanks, John. We love a stat on this podcast. You might be wondering, listening then, what sectors, uh, what subjects can you study these degree apprenticeships in? Well, between us, we've got this covered. I'll make a start with aerospace engineering. Aerospace software development. Automotive engineering. Business management. Construction. Defense. Digital industries. Electronic systems engineering. Financial services. 
Life and Industrial Sciences. Management. Nuclear. Nursing. Power Engineering. Public Relations. Social Work. Surveying. Okay, so they're the 17 sectors you can study them in. But I know, John, you've prepared some questions for our guest, Karen. Let's dig deeper. So, Karen, just to start with kind of the, the almost like the simple things first, a lot of students, parents, teachers that are listening to this might have heard of degree apprenticeships, but perhaps don't know much about them. Do you mind just telling us a little bit more about what they are? Yeah. So um, I guess the simple answer is it's a combination of working and studying. So everybody's heard about apprenticeships. They've been around for centuries, started with philosophers, um, and it's doing a job while studying at the same time. And for degree apprenticeships, you spend 80% of your time working and 20% of your time studying or doing off-the-job training. So we know now they are very popular. And we looked at some stats earlier that showed that, that more universities are now offering them and also there's more degree apprenticeships that are available for students but where did they like where did this all come from there's a long history to apprenticeships um they have been around for a long time but the Richards review in 2012 identified that there was limited opportunities for apprentices to progress into university and there were also very limited apprenticeship options higher than level three which is equivalent to a levels um, so the Richards review suggested we needed higher level apprenticeships in order to meet the skills needs for the country so in the early 2000s, the Labour government had brought in foundation degrees, but the take up of those weren't particularly high and um, they were delivered in partnership with employers as well. So after the Richards review, the government committed to introducing a new type of apprenticeship, which was aimed at getting employers much more involved in specifying the skills that they needed for their sectors and for occupations. And it also aimed to provide an alternative funding stream for um, both apprenticeships, but also for higher education. Thank you, Karen. And why do you think these are becoming more popular with employers, but also with young people? Um, I mean, there's been a whole new way of funding apprenticeships, which means employers are talking more about apprenticeships than they ever were before. There's more money available for employers to be able to fund um, apprenticeship training. And the introduction of degree apprenticeships means that people can see them as a really good option as an alternative to university, particularly when people are worried about cost of living and the cost of going to university. Obviously, the challenge is whether the apprenticeships exist in the areas that people want to do, but there's certainly a lot more interest in them. There's a lot more growth that could come, but we've seen a really good growth over the last few years. So, Karen, regular listeners to the podcast will know I like a story. And a true story is that my nephew is interested in going to university, as is his partner. And he said, John, you know a lot about university. Can you can you help us? Can you, you know, take we'll go for a drink and you can give us some advice? I said, yeah, yeah, I know loads about university. And I was thinking, yes. Finally, my family will see my knowledge. Anyway, went to meet him uh, and he said, I'm interested in a degree apprenticeship. I was like, oh, God, I don't know so much about them. So, but one thing I recall from the conversation he said is, is the two ma major challenges he had was, number one, he said he's heard they're super competitive. So it'd be really useful to get your thoughts on that. But then the second part of that is, is he was saying that there's not really a, there's various sources where students can find out more about degree apprenticeships, but there doesn't seem to be well, they're not particularly easy to find. A lot of the sources he was looking at had information that was out of date and stuff. So in terms of actually how competitive they are and also for students, how to find them, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest challenges with degree apprenticeships compared to university is that for university, we go on to UCAS, everything's on UCAS and there's set deadlines involved. Um, and obviously schools prepare students for doing UCAS. Um, with apprenticeships, employers advertise them throughout the year. There's no application cycle like there is with university. 
and the vacancy will state when the application deadline is and that could be when you look at it it could be next week or it could be six months later um, so it's really challenging for people to find the vacancies they can look on apprenticeships.gov.uk but they literally would need to be checking every week to see what's coming up in their area and you also can't search based on the level so you can't just search for degree apprenticeships the other challenge is that while universities are very transparent in terms of admissions processes and how they make decisions, um, apprenticeships, you're basically applying for a job. So it's up to the employer to decide what their criteria is for selecting somebody. And it's, it's going to be as challenging as it would be to go for a very popular job opportunity. Um, so there's lots of people interested in them, but it's just it's not quite as clear for people as to what they need to do to get onto the apprenticeship compared to when you look at university websites or UCAS, very clearly set out entry requirements and expectations. Um, so that, that is a massive challenge. UCAS have talked about trying to get more involved in apprenticeships, um, particularly in accepting applications for them. It hasn't happened yet, and we don't know when that would be happening. Yeah, so interesting. Actually, now, now I've heard that, it makes perfect sense. I suppose students are, are so used to the very structured approach when it comes to UCAS in terms of mm. the deadlines and when they hear back and when they need to respond themselves and and naturally because apprenticeships are like applying for a job then then in that circumstance everyone's going to be doing different things and and uh, yeah naturally you can see where that that situation is um, and the thing that I would add as well is that most people are looking for apprenticeships within the area in which they live and depending on where you live there might be very limited opportunities so I'm based in Suffolk it's a rural um, county it's a rural region public transport isn't great degree apprenticeships are few and far between and when they do exist they might not exist in a place that's accessible for students if somebody looks to do a de degree apprenticeship further away from home they might find the employer isn't set up to take a new 18 year old they won't necessarily live in student accommodation they wouldn't have the wider student experience around them so even if they're successful in getting into that apprenticeship the infrastructure to support them as a new kind of college lever isn't necessarily there in the same way that it is for new students going to university. Um, but certainly in terms of finding the vacancies, depending on where you live, you might find there's really limited vacancies, particularly for degree level apprenticeships. Thanks, Karen. So in terms of the listeners of, of this podcast, there, there's students that will be listening, there's, there's parents, there's also school colleagues that are going to be working with students probably in year 12 and year 13, if, if they are listening to this. So Imagine you've got a student that is looking at university and there's 40 odd thousand university courses and there are over 300 universities that offer you know, higher education level courses. But then there's, there's, there's fewer universities that, that support degree apprenticeships. There's also fewer areas that, that there are fewer jobs out there when it comes to apprenticeships. So cut to the chase. If you were advising a, you know, or to chatting to a student like my nephew in year 12, year 13, thinking about their options, do you think students should be deciding a degree apprenticeship or university or is there any other advice you'd consider? I think consider both. So UCAS deadline obviously for most people is the end of January and while students can submit late applications and go into clearing you know there's a prescribed timeline when it comes to applying for university. I would absolutely encourage students to apply for university, go to open days, go to applicant visit days etc. And in the meantime, look for the apprenticeships. They might find that some apprenticeships are advertised at the same time as they're applying for their university course, um, because some companies recognise that there's a specific timeline that college leavers are looking at. Um, but you could 
conceivably be holding an offer to go to university and making all of your plans to go to university and then find a degree apprenticeship route that, that works for you and apply for that and get it. It is selective. So you could apply for it and still not get it. At least you've got university as a backup. From a university perspective, I can't believe I'm saying it because it's not nice for us at the university to have firm offer holders that then don't turn up. You know, we're chasing them, finding out what's going on. And we do find a small number each year, very small numbers at the moment that don't turn up because they've ended up with a degree apprenticeship instead. But in terms of the individual student, it's a much better option for them rather than discounting one of them completely if, if they think degree apprenticeships is something they do want to consider doing. Just kind of as one follow up, follow up, just to kind of sense check my understanding of it. So say you've got a student that's thinking about university, maybe thinking about a degree apprenticeship. In terms of applying, the only kind of downside I can see if they apply for university as well is, is the small application fee that UCAS charge and also their time putting together their personal statement and stuff. Am I, I'm not missing a trick there. That's, that's, that's probably it, isn't it? That's exactly it. Um, obviously, once students start paying accommodation deposits and things, and they're, they're really kind of signing up, if you like, for university. And it's hard when you don't know exactly what you're going to do. So I would recommend that students are making a decision kind of late spring, very, very, very early summer so that they can properly prepare for going to university, moving, all that kind of stuff. But otherwise, there's no other downside. You know, they keep their options open and whatever comes along, they make the right decision for themselves at the time. Um, but at least they don't lose out on the opportunity to go to university and end up with nothing come the autumn after they finish school or college. Karen, if you could put it into three bullet points, say, what are the pros of doing a degree apprenticeship? You'll get real life experience working alongside your degree. Your degree is fully paid for, so there's absolutely no cost to you. You'll get paid a salary just like a normal employee. John, if we flip the coin round, can you come up with three cons of degree apprenticeships? You'll need to balance working and studying at the same time, which for some students might be a little bit tricky. Because you're going to get support in terms of earning a salary and also having your degree paid for, you won't qualify for any student loans. And perhaps apprenticeships don't always get the traditional university experience because a lot of their time is going to be spent working where perhaps other students are going to be doing other things. Thanks to both. I'll leave it down to the listeners to decide. Join us after this short break for part two where we'll be getting the lived experiences of Karen and expect more advice, tips and guidance. Welcome back to part two of the Uni Guide. We are talking degree apprenticeships. Before the break, we were looking at the pros and cons Maybe say, for argument's sake, you're interested in doing a degree apprenticeship. Karen, what are some of the challenges that that student might face? I think one of the big challenges for degree apprenticeships is that the student themselves doesn't actually have any choice over how things work. So they could be with an employer who has decided to work with a university um, where the teaching is all online, or it could be at Totten Blocks where the apprentice is on campus for maybe a week or two weeks and then working for six weeks. Equally, it could be a university that's day release, but kind of quite far away that the student, the apprentice has to travel to. So there's no typical week when it comes to an apprenticeship. And there's lots and lots of positives about apprenticeships, particularly in terms of the, the funding side of things. But the challenge is that they, the choices are all made by the employer. The employer contracts the university or provider to deliver the training. So you could have an apprentice who ideally would like a degree from a university, but their employer decides to work with a private provider and all of the teaching is online, even though the apprentice would have preferred to go into class. 
Um, so that is definitely one of the challenges. Um, typically, it's supposed to be 20% off the job training, 80% in the job. That 20% for a lot of um, apprentices, and certainly for the ones that we have at the University of Suffolk, is usually one day a week uh, on campus at the university. And over the summer holidays, um, they'll be doing project work instead. So their one day a week is taken up on project work. Um, if they're doing a health course, um, they might find that actually they're on uh, campus in blocks. So they'll come on campus maybe for a week and then they'll be um, in their hospital or in their placement for four weeks. So as I say, the challenge is definitely that the choice isn't theirs, but they will certainly find that they have quite intense periods of study um, because there's a lot of content that has to be covered in their 20%. A normal degree would end up being, instead of three years for a traditional degree, on a degree apprenticeship, it's normally four years. So they're only adding on one extra year in terms of studying, but they're trying to do it all in 20% of the time. Um, and some apprentices will end up having to use some annual leave for their assignments and project work, even though it should fit into the 20%. Obviously, that can be quite challenging as well. So yes, so typical weeks are really difficult. For most students on, at university, their typical week is about 12 to 20 hours in class, and then they've got independent study time for the rest of their time. They can fit in part-time work, etc. as well. Thanks, Karen. That's really insightful there. I'm just thinking, when I'm listening to you, um, I didn't have this option when I was 18, but let's just say I did. I don't know if I would have the maturity back then to, to fit in, because that's a real factor here when considering this option, isn't it? Whether you can go in and work in a professional office, a factory, a workshop, you know, to go in and contribute as, a, as an employee, really, it's a factor, isn't it, to think about? Yeah, you're certainly expected to be an employee and you're representing your employer when you're at the university and your employer and your university have a very, a, a really important partnership in terms of making the apprenticeship work. So it's really important that the apprentices keep in mind that they're there as an employee. Um, and they may still be able to participate in some of the student experience and um, the traditional student experience, but they are there as an employee. And often apprentices will do some of their learning alongside current students who are on a traditional full time course, um, which can be quite a, a different experience as well. But yeah, they, that kind of structure, that experience of being an employee really, really works for some people. And there are some fantastic case studies out there on the UCAS website and also elsewhere about degree apprentices and they really get a lot out of the experience but it's just a different experience to the traditional student experience that, that we all had um, when we went to university. So when Karen when I was having a look at, at, at potential I was doing a bit of research for this podcast before and looking at degree apprenticeships that, that are advertised and yeah there's one I looked at that the, the pay was £15,000 a year and, and obviously then the student also gets their degree paid for. So on the face of that, that is incredible, isn't it? They're earning money, they're getting experience, they're also getting their degree paid for, which you know, student finance is the biggest barrier to university for loads of students. But in terms of kind of the, the outcome for a student's looking at it, like do they, I assume, for example, like if I fire a few questions in together at you, do they graduate will be one? You know, is, is that experience going to be the same? You know, do their friends, family get to see them you know, in their robes and stuff that, that many students look forward to? And in terms of, I know, I know we touched on this, but in terms of, of like free time, how, how intense is it? Because I, I, you know, I kind of see it that a student, a lot of students that are considering one would be thinking, well, am I doing a university course and working or working and doing a university course? And it sounds very much they're working and doing a university course and, and working is the prominent part. And that goes with the 80-20 and stuff. So do you mind just touching on, on, on how intense they are, but also you know, the, 
the questions students might have in terms of the traditional university experience and graduating and stuff. Yeah, of course. So um, apprentices absolutely have that traditional experience in terms of graduation. They still get their degree. Um, they get their degree certificate. They also have an, a, a kind of certificate of completion of the apprenticeship. They get to celebrate with their friends and family. And, you know, let's not forget they're part of the university community. So they're celebrating with the vice chancellor and the academics and all the other students as well at their graduation ceremonies. And that's really important. It's a proper degree they're doing. In terms of the intensity of the experience, it is intense without question because they're trying to fit in a job. They're learning about the occupation while they're in it. So if they're an engineering apprentice, a nurse apprentice, um, if they're a manager or you know a software um, a software developer, they are doing the job at the same time. So they're going into the classroom, they're learning theory about around what it is they're doing. They're learning um, some really important skills and practical stuff within the classroom. But then they take that learning into the workplace and they're expected to put it into place. They're obviously also learning about their industry. So if you're doing a degree apprenticeship and you're doing it in management and you work for the public sector, so say a local authority, you're learning about management within the public sector. All of your assignments, your projects, everything is based on the public sector. So it's going to be quite an intense experience because everything is focused on your employer and your sector compared to doing a standard business management degree where you might learn about lots of different types of um, organizations and your projects will be on different organizations. So there's, it's certainly intense, but that's fine. You know, lots of traditional students work part-time while they're studying. Some have caring responsibilities, some get heavily involved in the student experience and they've really got to be quite intense with getting their work done as well. It's just a very different way of studying, um, but it's, a, it's a, a style that works really well for some students. And the one thing that surprised me when I was, I was doing a bit of research before and looking at them is, is I think in my eyes, it was, it was going to be the, the really big companies that offer degree apprenticeships and I'm sure they do, but it's also you know, very small SMEs, like very small companies can, can offer them as well. That's, that's right, isn't it? In terms of companies, you, you might have the bigger companies, but you might also have the, the very small ones that are running them. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, and I think one of the key questions for prospective apprentices is to talk to the companies about the experiences they'll get while they're on it. Um, so some organisations will um, rotate apprentices around different types of placements within an organisation. Um, but some of the smaller ones that might be more challenging, they may have a partnership with other organisations to give students the experience that they need, um, but they won't always. And that, you know, I think it's really important that when we talk about university, we tell students that they're choosing us as much as we are selecting them, if you like, at the admissions process. They have to choose the right university and the right course. Apprenticeships should be the same because these apprentices are going in to work for their, for their employer for at least the four years of the course they need to make sure the apprenticeship sounds like something they want to do. The employer is the type of employer they want to work for, and they're going to get the level of experience that they would expect when they're doing that apprenticeship, rather than just saying, I really want an apprenticeship and that's it. They, want, they need to make sure they're going to be happy for the four years because they need to stick it out. If they leave the job, they also leave the course because the course is only offered because they're in that role. So um, it's a really big decision and an important decision for them to make. So, Karen, you're currently doing a PhD exploring degree apprenticeships and, and their role in widening participation and, and access as well. But now you've kind of researched them. If you go back to you know, rewind a few years, just a few, Karen, uh, and look at th that time and, and your own options, do you think you personally would have considered an apprenticeship degree apprenticeship knowing now what you do? 
Yes, absolutely without question. I think my my specific circumstances at time meant that my parents would have been quite happy to see me and my sisters go out to work instead of going to university. And the and we didn't even have the tuition fees that are at the level now. So I would definitely have considered it. However, I did sociology and there's not a degree apprenticeship in sociology. So I think that's a key point is that there isn't degree apprenticeships available in everything. So if you're interested in a course, um, you should probably do that instead. I also had a really incredible experience at university. In one of my summers, I went to America, I did work in America. So I worked in a McDonald's in Chicago for two months and then um, toured the East Coast of America on Greyhound buses for a month. And then one of my summers, I did an internship with an investment bank in London, um, which is UBS. So it's just at Liverpool Street. Coming from Edinburgh, I moved to London for a summer. I got paid really, really well for the summer and had an incredible experience and also saved up money for my final year at university. I also had a really amazing student experience. And even we didn't have the money for me to be at university. I had to work the whole time to have the money. So it's not that the money was the thing. But I think for me, the development that I got out of my traditional student experience is was amazing. So confidence, you had no confidence when I first went to, to uni. I went to a really challenging school. So for me, I think I would absolutely would have considered it. I think it's an amazing option. And for a lot of students, it will be the right thing for them. I just don't think it's the right thing for everybody. And I would encourage teachers, parents, students themselves to really think about what it is that would suit them best. Um, because degree apprenticeships are great, but the traditional student experience is also great. Um, and I think that they are, it's really important that we think about both of them as different experiences. That brings us to the end of part two. Join us after this short break for part three, the all important hints, tips and resources on this episode's focus, degree apprenticeships. So degree apprenticeships are pretty new, um, but how, how do you think they might look when, when our children are older? Say fast forward 10 years time, how do you think they would look? And also, do you think it's something that they might wish to consider in, uh, based on that? I think it's a really good question. I think degree apprenticeships are here to stay. Um, the whole tax system was changed. There's an apprenticeship levy, which means employers are funding them and they're committed to them. Um, I think there will they will be more available. Um, I think that they might be there might be more variety in them. So at the moment, um, they're very set. There's very set standards, and whatever employer you're working for, if you're doing software engineering, for example, it's exactly the same. Um, content you're expected to learn I think some of that might change a little bit I also think that there will be a system such as UCAS where degree apprenticeships are available for people to apply through. Karen as a proud parent would you encourage your son to look at these degree apprenticeships then? I would definitely encourage my son to look at them I would definitely encourage him to think about what it is he would like to do and if he's quite set on a specific occupation career path and there's a degree apprenticeship available, then yes, absolutely. I would definitely get him to consider doing it. I think Tim's point about maturity is important. Um, you've got to be ready to do that, um, to be an employee. But I, I hope that we'll see much more variety in terms of degree experience in the future. I think universities are changing. There's a lot more vocational options available. And I think all of that is, is actually really positive. I would also just add one more point, if that's all right about this is that there are actually a lot of mature students in degree apprenticeships. They are not just for 18-year-olds. And we're seeing that 
the larger number of apprenticeship starts is actually in mature people. It's people who are already working for an employer and they're being put onto degree apprenticeships to upskill. And particularly in the NHS, it's often people who are working as healthcare assistants that are then put onto degree apprenticeships for nursing. It's not just about being a school or college leaver, which means it's another way of potentially accessing degree apprenticeships. But it's also another way of looking at lifelong learning and education. So if my son isn't ready for university um, at 18, I would probably encourage him then to work for a little while and then potentially use the degree apprenticeship option um, later when he's more ready to knuckle down and do that kind of studying. Thank you, Karen. Really interesting stuff on the mature learners point as well. That's really important to consider. In terms of teachers and parents then supporting young people, exploring degree apprenticeships, anything you'd like to add in this section? I would encourage teachers to, first of all, learn as much as they can about degree apprenticeships. Teachers in schools tend to be very, very knowledgeable about universities. Um, There's a lot to learn about apprenticeships. Um, I'd encourage teachers also to look at probably apprenticeships.gov.uk, but also the apprenticeships information on UCAS as two quite good sources of information about what they are, how they work, etc. And obviously also to look at apprenticeships in their area um, to encourage students to look at. And I guess I'd also say to teachers that when you're planning careers fairs, HE fairs, etc., always include universities, um, you know, and always include apprenticeships. Don't feel it has to be one or the other because people who are considering a degree should be thinking about both options and it shouldn't just be that only one is available at a careers event. Um, reach out to local employers, to large employers, reach out to the public sector, um, the local authority, the local NHS trusts, as well as SMEs and large employers within your area. Um, local authorities and NHS trusts are spending over a million a year on the levy. They've got a lot of money to put into apprenticeship training and they are taking on apprentices and they want to talk about routes into social work, into nursing, etc. Um, so reach out to them because the apprenticeship options are important, but also the pathways. So what roles should a, a young person apply to in order to have access to an apprenticeship um, later on, like I said about the healthcare assistant? And I think for parents, um, help your children to keep their options open. Don't let them shut anything down. Uh, there are no guarantees when it comes to apprenticeships. There's also no guarantees when it comes to university. That's why you've got five choices on UCAS. Um, because a, a young person won't necessarily get an offer for all five choices. It's the same when they apply for apprenticeships. They might not get those places. So it's important to keep their options open, encourage them. And also importantly, help them prepare for interviews because most university courses don't require an interview. When they do, we're very aware we're interviewing 17, 18 year olds who maybe have only interviewed for a part-time job before. That's a really important distinction. What are employers looking for in these interviews then? Employers are looking for something else. They're looking for something more polished at an interview. Um, so if you've got a young person going for apprenticeship interviews, help them prepare and think about what they can say because some young people really struggle to talk to adults. Um, particularly given what's been going on over the last few years for young people, they spent a lot of time on social media and a lot of time in their bedrooms and not necessarily talking to adults other than their parents and their teachers. Um, and that's a big challenge for um, 17, 18 year olds going into those apprenticeship interviews. So we've touched on how competitive degree apprenticeships are, and, and I didn't even think about you know, mature students that, that are currently in work that are perhaps interested in a degree apprenticeship. So naturally, one of the, the questions I can think of straight away is, is for a student that is interested in doing one, 
any tips in terms of the skills that they could you know, perhaps prepare whilst at school or college or outside school or college it's going to mean they're they're in a, a position where they're a, a desirable applicant to an employer that, that's taken on degree apprenticeships I think again it's important to remember that you're applying for a job not for a course of study um so you need to have good communication skills you need to be able to evidence good time management skills um you need to be able to write you know you need to be able to write a good letter of application with good grammar good spelling get it checked um before you submit it and you need to be able to talk about yourself in a as positive a way as possible Things like volunteering, part-time jobs, helping within your school or college, whether that's mentoring younger students, um, taking on positions of responsibility, you know, speak to your head of sixth form, speak to some of your favourite teachers who will be honest with you about your skills and, and experience um, and get some advice about what options there might be within the school or college to, to develop skills. Um, it's really important that young people recognise that when they go into an apprenticeship um, and similarly when they go to university, they're, they're then definitely an adult. Some of them feel like adults in sixth form and that's great and act like adults. But as soon as they walk into an employer and are getting paid to be there, they need to be acting like adults. So going into the interview, um, they should be communicating as an adult, showing that they can be trusted, that they can be responsible, showing that they can manage their time um, and making sure that the employer, you know, when they walk out of the interview, the employer doesn't have any doubts about their commitment to the role so the when they go into the interview they should be doing research about the employer they should know that the employer is somebody they want to work for and that the apprenticeship course is something that they're really committed to doing okay that brings us to the end of the episode thank you so much karen i'm going to pass you on to john to close us out i found that so interesting karen so a big thank you from me for your time i'm sure listeners have, have learned loads but also as um as someone that that thought they knew a fair bit about degree apprenticeship i've learned absolute loads so thank you you're very welcome thank you for having me you've been listening to the uni guide the university guidance podcast which supports students parents and teachers with all things university if you've got any comments questions suggestions or absolutely anything else get in touch with us using info at unitasterdays.com but until then please do stay tuned like share give us a follow and we look forward to seeing you soon